welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. You know, we're entering into an entirely new season, both as individuals, the church, nations, the world. We are in a time right now that we must hear the voice of God for ourselves and those around us. You know, there's aspects of hearing God that are really important, and I want to go through some of those. And also, I have a special guest on the show later on who is really good at hearing God. You're going to really love this episode. But right now we pray, God, in the name of Jesus, open things up. Open the heavens right now that we could hear your voice more clearly. Lord, I pray, whether it's dreams and visions, speaking through the word, speaking through sounds and music on the radio and friends, I ask right now, you are unlimited, Lord. So now open up the heavens for us to hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, the aspects of hearing God that are really important is valuing what God says. Too many people don't even take time to actually write down what God says. And when you don't value it, it'll actually start to go away. According to Matthew 13, Jesus says that those who have will be given more, and those who do not have, even what they had, will be taken from them. And now he was talking about understanding parables, and that is hearing the voice of God. So we need to really come into a time right now where we're valuing what God is saying. I really recommend capturing it, writing down, whatever you need to do, but you need to get that down so that you can follow up. And I found that God speaks over time all the time. Another thing is to make sure that we're getting a correct interpretation of what God is saying. Most people suffer from what I call Prophetic shipwrecks, that's when we misunderstand or we misapply what God is speaking to us. You know, understanding how he speaks and his timing will really get us into the place where we can actually hear his voice and start trusting these things. So when God speaks, it's really important to do something practical to activate what he's saying to you. And this means that maybe you feel God calling you to a particular ministry, job, or, or uh, you know, whatever it might be, then you could do something. You know, if God's spoken to you about it, you can read a book. You can study the subject. You can talk to other people, get prayer. These are small things that I call activation, and you take what God is saying to you. You don't have to go out and fully launch what he's saying. If you do little bits and pieces towards it, then you're going to find that he's going to start to speak to you more, and you'll find out, you know, is this for you or not? So I've been hearing God most of my life, but I hadn't realized it all along. And, you know, I've misunderstood and misapplied what God is saying many times. Hindsight is a great teacher, and that's why I journal so that I can look and see how God spoke to me and how it's working out now. So as I look back, I can see that God's been speaking to me most of my life. Let me share my first encounter with the gift of prophecy. Now, I've been hearing God, but the gift of prophecy in 1988, I had just come back to the Lord. I'd been in the occult previously, and God was cleaning up my gifts, and I had come back to the Lord, and my sister invites me to her church because there was a man with a gift of prophecy. And so he calls everybody up, and he's prophesying over everyone. He says to my brother-in-law, who was next to me, you need to lose weight. I'm thinking, well, that's not really prophetic. Maybe it's the discernment of the obvious. He was quite heavy. And then he said to me, the woman you're with is not the one. Hmm. I was with a woman and we were going to get married, even though my friends, my family, and even my pastor didn't agree. But again, I was coming back to the Lord. I was new in the faith and I hadn't learned these things that I needed to know. But I went through and got married. I thought it was the right thing to do. You know, I was thinking logically. And, you know, we'd been together seven years. We weren't in the same place, but maybe a lot of people out there are feeling this. I just wanted to be married. 
You know, I wanted someone to be close with and, and those types of things, but I didn't listen to the Lord. And see, God was trying to give me a confirmation here. I want to tell you something. I married the woman. One year later, my brother-in-law died of a heart attack, and the woman that I had married left me for someone else. So, listen, God got my attention with prophecy back in 1988. I went through a very painful season of my life with the divorce. I don't recommend going outside of what your friends and family, and especially your pastor, might be helping you along in some cases. But you know what? God absolutely redeemed it all in my life. Even though it was painful, I've been now married for 22 years to my wife, Linda. And yes, we actually got together after hearing the voice of God and responding. So this is really important for relationships. It's important for ministry, businesses, any aspect of your life. You know, we can go through seasons of our life where God might be talking more strongly than other seasons. And there's other times when he seems silent But, you know, this is not God punishing you or rewarding you. This is part of a process that we go through called maturing. God will speak to us, and he'll give us a word, or he'll give us a dream, and it is to draw us closer to him. In 1991, just a couple years after that encounter that I had with the gift of prophecy, I was given another very powerful prophetic word. Now, I'd already been growing uh, at this point, but it was pretty much the things that I'm doing right now in my life many years later. And at that time, my life was opposite of what the prophetic word stated. This prophet began to prophesy that I'd have a ministry. I'd be traveling all over. I would be sought after. I would come into dreams and visions and all these different types of things. And, you know, the people who knew me knew that I was still struggling with my soul. And they thought this guy was a false prophet or missed it. But, you know, prophecy can be for a season down the road. And it can be designed, actually, to encourage us to press in and grab hold of what God has for us. You can actually accelerate your process of learning by finding someone who's doing what you want to do, and they're doing it well. Since 1991, I've studied, I've journaled, I've written books, I've ran study groups. I even mentored with some people who could hear the voice of God very clearly, and I'm not trying to name drop or anything. I don't want to discourage you, but I'm just saying I pressed in. This was not automatic. In 2001, my wife and I, we sold everything we had except our personal belongings, and we launched our ministry in Light Connection, and now we train people to hear the voice of God, develop their prophetic gifts, experience the supernatural, and find their destiny. But you know, it didn't happen automatic, and it took some effort. What matters more than anything when it comes to hearing the voice of God is Ephesians 1.17. This is the foundation for all prophetic ministry. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. The sole purpose of hearing God is that we may know him better. It's not to get a wild prophetic word or to wow people with with your ability. It truly boils down to a relationship with him. Then the next verse, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope for which he has called you to, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the incomparable power for those who believe. Wow, the closer you get to God, the clearer his voice becomes. And in these verses, the Apostle Paul compares wisdom and revelation with riches. These are the true riches that God wants to open up to you, namely the ability to hear his voice, but also to know him better. And we need to base hearing God on 1 Corinthians 14.3. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men and women for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. You know, there's some unfortunate examples out there of prophetic words or the gift of prophecy being used in a bad way or negative way, maybe judging people. And this is because that many times what we hear comes through a negative filter or negative belief system or an outdated 
theology, like that God speaks the same way as the Old Testament. I believe that the New Testament prophecy should be strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Yes, we can speak words of direction and, and even correction into a pers- person's life, but we, we must use tactfulness. We must use wisdom. In fact, the study that I've done in the New Testament, when it talks about, you know, if someone has sinned against you, it never talks about the prophetic gifts. It says go to that person and work it out. And this is really important. I had to learn this. As a pastor, I couldn't use my prophetic gift. As a leader of my ministry, and I'm dealing with people under me or that work with me, I have to be very careful that I don't use the prophetic gift in a way I can help guide them, but you still need to work it out. These are the prophetic shipwrecks we see out there right now. And since many people today have a negative view of God the Father, then communicating something negatively might not actually bring them closer to the Lord. It might not let them hear what God intended. God is calling you right now to go beyond just hearing his voice and take it a step further to understand the love he has, and that helps change our lives. And as we're talking about hearing God, there's so many different things that can go through your mind. Most people Think about a prophet or maybe the prophetic gifting that you have to be a prophet or, you know, we can have a negative filter. But yes, you can have the prophetic gifting. I do. I have a prophetic gifting and, and I've been operating in the office of a prophet for only a few years now. But we all can hear the voice of God. As Jesus shows us, all of the disciples and Jesus himself operated in all of the gifts because we have them through the Holy Spirit. You might have one more than another, but we have access to everything. So hearing God doesn't have to be mystical. I like to think of natural things, you know, like hearing God in our natural way of life, and it makes us naturally supernatural. So again, you don't have to be a prophet to hear the voice of God, and we have to be careful that we're not wounding people with the prophetic gift. And we need to develop the ability to hear his voice because as we do this, our destiny becomes much more clear. This is why I became a prophetic life coach because I saw so many people who didn't know their destiny and I had the ability to hear the voice of God. So I put the two together and began to help people years ago. You know, there are countless benefits to hearing God, including breaking the power of fear in our lives. We can gain insight. We can grow in our faith and even healing. It's important that we understand that God wants to speak to us. It's important that we understand that he loves us, that he's not out to judge us. And, you know, these misunderstandings cause misinterpretations, and that's caused the disappointment or even heartbreak. I call it the prophetic heartbreak Hope deferred makes the heart sick, is what the Bible says. Sometimes I find people who have let go of hearing God because they feel disconnected from his love and they've had a bad experience. But, you know, we can invite you back right now. I want you to discover how God is speaking and his amazing benefits of hearing his voice. And it's amazing to see when you reconnect with God in this way. Oh, my goodness. Those benefits, one of them, I'll mention it again. Breaking the power of fear over us. Fear is a four-letter word that it really it is a terrible thing. It's a, it's a demonic spirit that masquerades as if it's the voice of God. And did you know that discernment allows us to break the power of fear and bring perfect peace? It'll bring healing. In Luke 6.18, it says that everywhere Jesus went, they came to hear him and they were healed. So there's an amazing connection between hearing, which is the prophetic gifting, and healing. It's also hearing the voice of God or the word of God as well. Healing does not have to be physical only. It can be emotional. It can be relational, spiritual. We need to bring healing to all these areas of our lives. God wants to bring direction to you. John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice and they will follow me. You know, it's not just hearing a prophetic word, but it's also knowing him, knowing his voice. It's sad that some people have used prophecy to wound people. It's so sad. So 
let's not judge the prophetic ministry based on a bad experience. Prophecy is a function in our lives, in the church, and in our community and the nation. It is meant to be a function and not a title. Yes, I'm in the office of a prophet. I don't normally call myself a prophet. I just call myself by my name. But I've become a prophetic coach to help people like you understand this and to be able to break through the fear of deception. That's the biggest thing I've seen. People say, I'm afraid of being deceived. Well, write this down. Hebrews 5.14. This will break it. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Many people are afraid of being deceived. And actually, it says right here, here's the remedy. By constantly using your gifts, you will break through that. And so it takes practice. One reason many people don't hear God is because they don't consistently practice listening and activating what he's saying. And too many people today are focused on Satan more than God. There are so many people out there looking at the demons and looking at the way the, uh, you know, the enemy's working. But I want to tell you, if you wanted to learn to discern, that's what I teach, learn to discern, you would actually go and begin to study the real over the counterfeit. So this is the important thing. Think about going to work for a bank or the FBI and the counterfeiting money department. You wouldn't study the fake. You'd study the real. That way you would know. See, this is why it's really important not to focus on Satan that much because God wants to speak to you right now. And I think that this is a time like never before that God is activating things and he wants to do it. And the Bible is full of metaphor, symbolic. God is speaking all the time and he's looking for those who are hungry. And some people say this, I hear it often, they say, well, if God wants to speak to me, just speak to me clearly. Well, actually, Jesus didn't even do that. He spoke in hidden ways. Matthew eleven you'll see it, that things are hidden, and we have to go after it and ask the Lord to reveal it. I want to encourage you to take some steps of developing your ability to hear God and activate what you hear. Write it down, what you're hearing. Do a little bit of research. Google it. Look it up in the Bible. Find supporting Bible verses. Begin to pray and ask God to speak to you. Look for some type of confirmation. Talk to other people. Maybe take a class. Do something. It's so cool that we have the Internet right now that you could do things online. Do something practical towards it and watch to see if God opens the door for you for any of the things you're hearing right now. And again, you don't have to be a prophet But God wants all of us to hear his voice through the Holy Spirit. Have you ever dreamt that you're flying or falling, running or being chased? Maybe you've had a dream you're naked in public or having a baby or even losing your teeth. Believe it or not, they are great dreams that each have a significant spiritual meaning. Because one of the amazing ways God can speak to you is through your dreams at night. Doug Addison is an expert dream interpreter who has interpreted more than 30,000 dreams. Doug developed the Dream Crash Course, an online video course to help you learn the prophetic meaning of your dreams in four quick steps. In the Dream Crash Course, you'll discover how easy it can be to understand what God may be saying to you at night. From short dreams to those wild, complicated dreams that feel like they came out of a movie scene. You'll also learn what different numbers and colors mean in a dream, too. Check out the Dream Crash Course today and get started on interpreting your own dreams and helping others understand theirs. Plus, you'll get 20% off today with coupon code DOUG20. Go to DougAddison.store today. Hey, everybody. I have a special guest on Spirit Connection Podcast. It's a good friend of mine, Sean Bowles, who is, I mean, he is one of the pioneers of the prophetic ministry. He's a producer, a minister, uh, lives here in Los Angeles with us. And, well, of course, we don't live together, but uh, (laughs) we minister in the same stream here. But, you know, Sean has been around for a long time. That doesn't mean he's old, 
but it means that he is really seasoned in the Lord. He focuses on helping people connect with God, and especially in the entertainment industry, his social justice, there's so much that he brings. He ministers as a coach around the world. Anyway, welcome, Sean. Hey, I'm so glad to be on the program. Thanks yeah. so much for asking me. Yeah, wow, we've been trying to connect for a while, and I knew that when we would, something would happen. There would be a synergy. Absolutely. I think I just love what you represent in God and who you are. I was laughing when you were saying, Sean's a, you know, a veteran of the prophetic ministry, however you said it, I was like laughing going, you're a pioneer. You're way more of a pioneer than I am. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, you've got the goods. That's what I know. I've been around you a long time, and we've done some events and, and even yeah. shared a cabin up in Alaska once. I remember that. <laughs> totally. It was like camp. It was like church camp. I know, we were, yeah, it was, that was a pretty wild cabin. We we laugh about that sometimes. Uh, uh, you and me, and I think it was Jamie Galloway and Will Hart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a great time. Well, just, why don't you just tell our, our listeners a little bit about yourself and your ministry? So my wife and I have a ministry. We had a uh, headed a church for 10 years in Los Angeles, and we just gave the senior pastoring over about two years ago to our best friend, so we still help oversee it. But we started a ministry alongside of that called Bulls Ministries, and we have two main arms. One is to help people just have a real connection to God, especially through the prophetic ministry or through prophetic gifts to hear his voice. And you grow so much faster when you're in direct communication with someone, you know. And then the second area is just a maturing vehicle for people uh, to really take on their, their life journey with God and and just, just kill it, just win it, just win at life. So we've both been, uh, my wife and I have both been just teaching and sharing and doing a lot of stuff. We've developed curriculums for kids, curriculums for adults on hearing God's voice and doing a lot of media. We have e-courses, that kind of stuff. And then I have a podcast as well, which hopefully you're going to be on soon. Love and to. so, yeah, we, we just, we, we really enjoy our space that God's put us in. Yeah. So uh, you've been around for a long time as far as all types of ministry. Uh, yeah. And you were just, just so people know, you know, came out of, you grew up in Kansas City, the the ministry there. Yeah, well, I moved there when I was 19, and I was there for 12 years. And so I was there right after the first wave of a lot of prophetic ministries that burst out of there um, had left. And so I got there right at the same time as a few people who were kind of landing. And it was a great experience. I learned so much through just their environment of what they had pioneered. But also we were able to kind of bring some reformation and some new ways of thinking about the prophetic and uh, and Mike Bickle was just dear to my heart. He was just such a great leader for us. And uh, it was it was a very messy place in the sense that there was like four or five thousand people in the church that were all growing at the same time in different areas. And and uh, I mean it grew so fast that I think it was hard to manage. But uh, luckily I wasn't the manager. <laughs> so so uh, I ended up moving from there and being a part of a ministry with a, a man named Paul Keith Davis and Bobby Connor and Bob Jones and Rick Joyner was often kind of an over uh, advisor to us. And we started ministry together. And did, we did over 30 conferences together and talked about restoring what it looks like to really walk in union with God. Like, what does it look like to, to walk in deep connection to God? And I went from that mystical kind of season to LA to a very normal church plant and where we were just, you know, going after the entertainment industry and the poor and trying to see the kingdom of God really engage culture around us. And so that's been the last 12 years of my life is just really trying to engage culture, even hearing God's voice. Like a lot of what we do with hearing God's voice, we're like you, it's that we're in the same stream where it's like, you know, Christianity is only as powerful as the people who translate God to the world around them. And so we're looking to really engage, you know, not only just normal culture, but what does it look like to do family with God's original plan and design and that kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Now, you guys showed up here in Los Angeles. Now, we had started in like Connection in L.A. back, uh, we left about 2005, I think. We came in, I always say we took the beach, you know, and we took a lot of fire, and, and then we went, moved over there to Moravian Falls, that side for a while. And then when we came back, you had moved to L.A. When did you move here? It was 2007. Yeah, and you came here to plant a church? Yeah, it was it was just what everybody does, right? Everybody comes to LA to plan a church. No, anyway, <laughs> we came. We came because I had a calling for. Uh, since I was little, I grew up in California and I had a calling to the entertainment industry. But uh, I left that and actually went. I felt like God asked me to come into ministry and learn ministry in the Midwest, which was a great departure from where I grew up in the arts and a lot of culturized, you know, different 
West Coast liberal mindset and went to the Midwest. And I, when we came back, I feel like, you know, the whole ministry world that I was involved in before helped train me for even how to deal with just influential people and people in the entertainment industry, people who are business entrepreneurs. And how, I mean, because, you know, a lot of the prophetic people, the apostolic people in the church can be, uh, you know, can have some level of celebrity or, or some level of narcissism. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so I, I felt right at home in, in Los Angeles, <laughs> the industry, especially the young entertainment people. And so we came here. Uh, we, we felt like Jesus said, I'm homeless in Hollywood. We build me a home. So a group of about 18 of us came and we, we started kind of just a ministry on Tuesday nights and it turned into a church. And, and we've always had a regional focus. We've done a lot of events. We've done a lot of, uh, we've, we did anti-human trafficking ministry for seven years. We were one of the leading groups in that. We transitioned our group. Uh, they ended up moving to Atlanta. But we, we just, we've done a lot of city-focused stuff. And we're, our, our goal is, like, how, how do we engage our city? And, like, we've, we've had conversations with the mayor and with the fire department chiefs of, of, of relief, disaster relief and stuff like that. How do we help you guys? Like, how do we stand with you? For the for the greatness of what the city is supposed to be, from a Christian perspective, and and the city loves that conversation. So we've been doing it for about ten years, and then Hona and Jennifer took over two years ago, and they're they're having those same conversations. And we've really loved justice and even kingdom social justice, which a lot of people don't see social justice as a kingdom thing, but we love the issues of justice. Like we run we run after relief. We have schools and war zones. We have bases in, in different countries that are anti-human trafficking. We, I've been to so many red light districts for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons, because yeah. we're going after people and like really seeing transformation and change in people's lives. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially the prophetic, have been right central to that, although we do a lot of normal, regular humanitarian relief as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, what I really love about you guys is that you, you change the environment everywhere you go. You bring like a spiritual atmosphere shift. And like you just said, it's on all sides, both the social justice, uh, the kingdom, everything pulled together. I, I've seen you. I've watched you. And I'm just so amazed of all that you guys are doing. Well, I love I love kind of your background, not to put the uh, focus and attention on you, but I love how you've helped us to think outside of the box of the church and like, how do you use everyday friendly language where people understand it? How, how can you have emotional intelligence for the people you're connecting to? as opposed to be irrelevant and you have this incredible God inside of you, but you don't know how to be emotionally aware or socially intelligent. And so for me personally, because I'm a second generation Christian, my parents were hiding us from the world trying to, you know, because it was all evil. It was very dualistic. And, and, and for me, like I grew up going, I feel like I want to impact the video game industry and, and musical theater and the arts. And I feel like if we can touch popular culture, we can touch all culture. And my parents were scared to death of that <laughs> conversation. They were like, what are you talking about? And as a matter of fact, they resisted for many years for our desire. We actually hid my desire to go to Los Angeles and minister the entertainment industry. Now they're fully on board. They've been, they've been reindoctrinated with like healthy theology. They're awesome. They're our cheerleaders. But for a lot of years, they represented like a generation of Christianity that's not necessarily old. There's young people doing this too. There's people who are disengaged from the world and have no spiritual intelligence of how to touch the world around them. So part of the reason why I think we've even had favor, like I've had a, a great breakout of favor in the last few years. And so I've had opportunities that a lot of people would wait a whole lifetime for, and they're not even that exciting for me. Like I'm grateful for them, I'm honored by them. But I mean, I feel like God's giving me favor so I can actually go in and deconstruct some of the wrong ideas that have been in these industries of the prophetic ministry or, 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 you know, apostolic ministry or these kinds of things, movement leaders and these kinds of things. I've been actually helping to deconstruct and maybe reform or bring some reformational ideas for the reality is Jesus came to the earth for everybody. And he preached so, so successfully for three and a half years to people who weren't even believers, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's just so funny like compared to, today in the world, like how we, we feel like we have to do everything. And, you know, you have to almost sign a contract to be a part of a church sometimes. And, and he was just so inclusive in his love, his love accepted everybody. And so I've, I really feel like I love the favor that God's brought into our ministry because I get to have these like really intense conversations that usually people are, those conversations are bitter or they're jaded or they're frustrated. They have a life that they're hiding sin or they're whatever. And I, I actually, you know, not any of those things. I'm really happy. So it's it's a fun it's a fun space to be in. Wow, yeah. You know, there there was a shift happened. We were we were doing an event in Hollywood together a couple of years ago. And I was standing there and I I didn't, hadn't heard anything from anybody. I just saw this giant angel behind you and I prophesied that and then I I saw, wow, there has been 
a major shift in the prophetic over you. Was it, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, it was, it actually came out of a season. I was in a, in a time where I was feeling rather unempowered in that side of the ministry world, the charismatic Pentecostal ministry world. I was feeling like I had some, I did have a little bit of jadedness and a little bit of frustration. And I was at a prophetic conference and or actually just a prophetic weekend with a local church that I had prophesied literally their building. I said, it's behind a Safeway. It's boarded up. It used to be a bar. The, you don't know this, but they're, they're keeping it because they, they don't want another bar to move in. So they've condemned it, but it's actually fine. And if you guys go and engage the city, they're going to help you get in this building for pennies on a dollar. And they got this million dollar building for like, you know, $150,000. They found wow. it. They literally went and found it. And so, but I mean, I love that. I love the prophetic because that's the kind of stuff that happens is God gives you options you wouldn't have had if you didn't hear from him. But what I didn't like is the public meetings, like going there then and helping with Chris in the building. And it just was like, I just didn't want to be in that space anymore because it felt very like they were great, but it felt very just not me anymore. I just felt my, I was an identity conflict or crisis that was really about me, not about them. And so I went, I, I did the first meeting and it was just terrible and it was my fault. And I was complaining to God and I said, God, you know, I don't want to be in this prophetic space more now. I'll always prophesy. I'll always share whatever you show me because I can't help it. But I don't like doing the public ministry or being known in this world like of the prophetic because it feels very, uh, it just doesn't feel very authentic to me. And so I, as I'm saying this and I'm complaining to God, I was, I was really intense, but complaining to God, I hear him laugh. And I heard him in my left ear really clearly. And I hear him say 12 things to me and say, like, bypass my conversation. It doesn't address me at all. doesn't answer the fact that I'm saying I'm quitting, basically, <laughs> uh, that part of ministry. And, and says, these are 12 things I'm going to do in your lifetime. And basically says, I'm going to use the prophetic as one of the vehicles that bring about these 12 things. Now, I won't tell you the 12 things because they're very private. It would probably make me sound delusional. But uh, but I didn't believe him. I said, I'm so sorry, God. I, if this is you, I, this is such a clear voice and, you know, an internal audible voice. If this is you, I'm so sorry. I can't believe you. These are too lofty to believe in. And I feel like I'm complaining. This can't be you. Like, this this just sounds weird, you know? And he laughs again and says, tomorrow I'm going to speak through you in a way that causes your heart to reattach to your vision. And you're going to start to believe what I've said because you're it's going to come through you. Now, at that point, there was a couple of knowledge guys specifically who had gotten caught for researching on the Internet. They were getting people's birthdays and names and whatever. Right. But they were researching ahead of time. And I was actually part of catching one of them. And so... I was like, I didn't know that the next day was going to be about words and knowledge, but I was, I wasn't super, I was pretty suspicious unless it was like one of the old school guys. I was pretty suspicious towards words and knowledge. And so the next day I'm in, I'm at Starbucks and in a Fred Meyers grocery store in this little town. And I look across the Starbucks and I hear that voice again. There's a bakery across in, in the, the grocery store part. And I hear that voice again in my left ear, just so full of love. There's a Diane who works in the bakery and she's a daughter who died two years ago. I want you to go tell her that I have put a book into her heart and she's going to write this book. It's going to help a lot of people get healed of grief. So I'm like, this is radical. Like, and I <laughs> run over to the bakery and I'm like, there's a young teenage guy standing there and I go, is there a Diane who works here? He's, he's working behind the counter. And he goes, no, I said, wait, there's no Diane here. He goes, no, not at all. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I was devastated. I thought I'm delusional. I'm hearing voices. I'm going to admit myself to the mental hospital or something. I need a psychiatric evaluation, you know? And I get in the car and I go to the church and they had told me the wrong time. So I got there right in time to preach. Well, I'm not a verbal processor in this context, but I got up on the stage right as I walked in. They pulled me up at a small church and I said, you guys, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm a little disappointed because I stepped out in the prophetic, specifically with some words of knowledge with uh, and Fred Myers. And I thought there was a woman who ran the bakery named Diane and there was no Diane. It really hurt my heart that it didn't happen. I'm so sorry. I'm a little discouraged as I'm standing up here, but it's good to try. You know, it's okay to try and miss it. And the pastor goes, Diane's it's a woman pastor. Diane's my best friend. She worked, She runs the bakery. She just wasn't there today because she was supposed to be here, but she ended up going and helping a family that just lost her son. And I said, did Diane lose a daughter two years ago? And she's like, yes. And I said, what's her name? Allison or Allie? She's, and she starts crying. And she's like, yes. And I'm like, God's given her a book. And no one knew about the book except for her best friend, the pastor. And I'm like, God's given her a book. She's going to write this book that heals people of grief and gives this whole word. And it just shifted everybody in the church into full faith. I was in full faith. I'm like going, this is amazing. Like, yeah. But I thought it was a one-hit wonder. Like I thought I gave a few words that day, and I, I told my wife, and I was like, honey, we got to believe these 12 things. God's healed my heart. I can't believe I was jaded towards you know, his people. I don't know what's going on with me. Like That's so bizarre that I let this suddenly creep in. And I just went through this transformation. And 
I thought I thought the prophetic was like for one day it was like this high level encounter that was like just to just to, to seal my encounter with God that He gave me. But it just kept going, and He just kept telling me things like in restaurants and in airports and in. You know, my friends would come over and I'd ask about family members randomly. And I get a lot of birthdays and anniversaries because God loves it. He planned our birth. You know, he, he loves our marriages. He loves our, I get all kinds of, I get things about people, what's in their drawers at their houses, you know, <laughs> like yeah. you have a contract in your third drawer of your desk, you know. So I get a lot of words and knowledge and it's it's hard to get words and knowledge at information age because it's information age. So it's a lot of information is available. So retroactively, a lot of times people get discouraged with words of knowledge because they'll, they'll, figure it out like, oh, if you just went to their Facebook page, you can find this. But the reality is, is that you can't if you've just met the person, you know, at Starbucks that moment. And so it's beautiful. So what I tell people is like, try it, see what God will do, like ask God for words of knowledge and, and go for it. But over the last four, four, I guess it's been five years now since that happened. I mean, I've been brought into boardrooms of chairman of multinational companies, and I've been to some of the dumps and terrible worst places of, of, of the world. And in both places, God will birth revelation or bring revelation that changes everyone's options and lets them know that there's a God who loves them where they're at. And it's, I mean, the, the most rich people and the poorest people all need to know what's in the Father's mind right now. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm Every time I hear that story, I, I well up with tears. Uh, it, it's just so much of my heart because I've been there, you know, I got jaded in the prophetic ministry, especially yeah. when they, you go in and, and it's kind of like, you know, what do you want? Diet or regular? The handy, the mic, and, <laughs> you know, it, it, we're expected oh. to prophesy. And I've tried to tell people, no, things are shifting. They are. I know I used to prophesy over everybody, uh, or twice, you know, but, uh, yeah. things are shifting. So there is a shift right now, right? Yeah. I think it's not quantity anymore. It's quality. And the Lord, the Lord wants us to get out of like real basic encouragement, which is like the same thing as saying your hair's pretty today. You know, it's like, that's okay to spiritually encourage each other always. If someone is doing something that you're inspired by, I love the way you talk. I love the way God moves through you. That's great. But when you're actually saying the Lord is showing me something, or I feel like God's showing me something, it should carry not just spiritual encouragement or like just natural encouragement in a spiritual way, but it should carry true spiritual encouragement, which means a person moves forward in their spirit, in their life, or there's resolution to spiritual issues, there's breakthrough, there's a culmination, there's advancement. And that's the difference of what true prophetic words bring, is they bring some sort of before and after moment. And a lot of the stuff that the church was satisfied with, at least the charismatic Pentecostal church, was really uh, tongues. It wasn't, it wasn't the gift of prophecy. It was actually my way that I hear from God. And it's, I'm actually responsible to interpret the way I hear from God, so it's actually useful to the world around me. And so I've, I feel like God's showing me, like, this year, 2018 specifically, is going to be a really transitional year for maturity in the body. I feel like God's showing me, like, He's all about maturing people, and He's giving us, like, and I use that word spiritual intelligence, not lightly. Like, He's giving us intelligence and words of wisdom, which are revelation on what to do with what He's already told us. He's giving us revelation to, to build a roadmap for what He's promised He's giving us revelation to build um, a strategy. And to, to get that kind of revelation, we have to believe for another encounter with God, just like the encounter that got us to this place in faith. It's yeah. like our miracle needs a miracle. And that's really hard for people to, to, to go after, especially when your miracle needs a miracle. You, you get to the place where sometimes you're jaded or you're like, God, are you really going to come all the way through? And we're, we, we serve the God of miracles. He's like, I want to make your result dependent on me again. So I'm, I prophesied to you, to you or I've given you the hope or the faith for something, and now I want to give you even more faith and more hope, but it's going to come through another encounter that is actually going to take more faith to believe in and through. Yeah, this is so powerful. You know, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking, wow, you know, there seems to be this, you know, this kind of a hopeless cloud out there, the discouragement. And so what you're saying is this is part of what's going to break things through for us this year. Yeah. I do. I think, I don't know. I just feel like when people get in touch with their identity and then, and then they get in touch with what God's saying to them in a real way, um, that's authentic. And you get past some of the, the emotional baggage that can come with disappointment or with uh, confusion or with, I, I have heard enough to believe in God and believe what he's saying to me, but I haven't heard enough to be satisfied. It's like a lot of people just go, well, I haven't heard enough to be satisfied, so I'm going to stay here and camp here and just get disappointed. I'm like, no, I okay, if I haven't heard enough to be satisfied, blessed are the hungry, for they should be filled. Yeah, wow. 
Wow. Uh, now, did you want to shift anywhere? Is there anything that you want to talk about specifically? You know, I'll talk about what awakened in the prophetic for me now, because I feel like I'm in a transition. It may help people. Yeah, that'd be great. So something's happened to me. I, I know you're doing this podcast, and I started to do a podcast called Exploring the Prophetic. And over the last two years specifically, I, I've been around a lot of probably more gifted people in different industries, whether it's, it's entertainment or politics or business or whatever. They've, they, they're people who are a lot of prophetic type people. And also, of course, the church. And I, I thought, you know, I'm going to do a, a podcast and I want other people to hear the stories and be a part of the conversation I'm having. So when I started doing this, what I didn't realize is that I've had basically a limitation or a cap on what I have faith for. So I'm listening to people like Dan McCollum up and back about it. Have you heard of him? But he, he started a people-finding team a couple years ago where they're actually working with local police and FBI and actually praying for words of knowledge on where missing children are. And they're actually finding them. They've had wow. seven cases that they've helped close. Two got the children back. And I'm like, what? You know, wait a minute. This is what's available. This isn't the Bible. There's, there's you know, about 150 operations of why the prophetic appeared in the Bible. And one of them is finding missing people and missing things. And I think, like, hearing people's stories— what I realize is that although I, I, I consider myself a mature Christian and a mature in my ministry or whatever, that I, I think sometimes when we, you know, I was listening to a statistic by Ministries Today, and the, the pastor who wrote it uh, as a psychologist, they said 90% of all ministers believe that they're the top 10% of speakers and thinkers in Christianity in any country. This is a statistic that he can prove. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just because I have a ministry and because I have a voice and I have some level of authority, in some part of me, I become an expert. And when you go come in as an expert, you stop learning and growing. And so the last couple of years I've been I've been dismantling anything in me that feels like it's an expert <laughs> and saying, There's so much to learn. And I've come back into the hunger for just pure, beautiful childlike encounter faith with God. Like, God, you want to do some things that in me, and, I, and I'm celebrating the little moments, not just the big moments. I'm celebrating, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff that no one ever gets to see that's so beautiful where God does things. And I feel like I, I, it's funny because a friend of mine, uh, and I'm going to name-drop him, but not to be name-droppy, but Bill Johnson, was uh, he just had a week off, and he ended up listening to a bunch of my stuff. And uh, he's I consider him my pastor, you know, and, and he said, the thing I love about you is that you're childlike, and you— Give us the ability to believe that God can do anything. Because, but not, I haven't really realized that I'm supposed to emulate the same childlikeness because the more maturity you get, the less childlike you get typically. And when he said that, I was like very honored by it because I feel like I just got my childlikeness back. And I felt like after he said this was in December, I felt like after he said that, like God really put an emphasis on me for 2018 to really proclaim the undiluted gospel that comes to childlike people and the encounter of visitation that'll come to people who aren't experts anymore. But people who are like maybe in the top of their field, but say, this isn't enough. God, God, the immeasurable God wants to bring an encounter with the world that no one's ever seen before. It's that Isaiah, I think it's 43, 19, where it says, behold, I do a new thing, something you've never seen before. So you can't say I've been there and done that more than a t-shirt. And I'm at this place where I'm like, I feel like I've been re reset in my expectation and it makes me so much more excited because when I'm listening to people, it's like I can listen to them and it's so fresh. I, I don't have anything to compare it to. I'm not going, Oh, I've had that happen. Or I believe that, you know, it's just, I just like beautiful rawness of, of just authentic childlike faith. When I hear stories that it causes me to listen with a, a different way than I'm not entertained by it. I'm not just like blessed by it, but I'm actually going, I'm looking for God and going, how does that apply to my faith in my life? And how can I have more of you that way? Yeah, you carry this strong anointing for this. And I just have to, I just was just reminded all of a sudden that five years ago, when you began to move in this new, the words of knowledge and things, and I was sitting in that meeting in Hollywood, and we were at a studio or something, and I was sitting in that meeting, and, you know, I was really battling jealousy and, you know, things like that. That we, you know, there was things in my soul being activated, but you said something in the meeting. You said, you know, just like when our kids, when our kids come and they want to be like one of our other kids, like one of them's a dancer and one isn't. And they, you know, and you said, you know, what I would tell my kids is that you just need to be you. And, yeah. and that he, that started a, a process of being, uh, you know, for me to be healed of any of that self-seeking stuff that I had. Well, and if, the other thing is, uh, is that we get the same benefit 
that everyone else gets. And it, God just applies it differently. And I think that that's one of the things, like, whenever I come to a place where all of a sudden I'll have jealousy rise up or I'll have, like, just that normal thing of, like, oh, I can't believe they have that. You know, like, I've been with some people where I'm, like, you know, whether it's money or fame or fortune or gifting or whatever it is, and you're with them. And, you know, I was flying on a private jet a couple of years ago for my first time on the level of jet it was. And I remember just going, oh, my gosh, God, this is available to somebody in the world. Like, I'm so, like, I I – I hate flying. <laughs> I would love to fly in this jet all the time. And it wasn't even like an evil, like, also, it was just kind of like, a, I just, I wish I had this, that kind of like place of, this is available, you know? And I remember just God saying, I have the same benefit from which I don't love it or respect any of them differently, but it, it manifests differently for each one of our lives. So I start to ask God, what's my jet? You know, what's, what's the thing you've given me that's beautiful and extravagant and how can I celebrate that? And, and not be demotivated by what you've given someone else, but actually be motivated by what's available for me. And I think that helps people to go, wait a minute, like there's so much more for me and I could be triggered or I could be like, wait, I recognize this emotion, but I can actually apply this to actually a, a, an incentive to ask the Father for more. Yeah, exactly. I credit you for, for helping me bring healing in my heart. Because <laughs> I used to get, you know, I didn't I didn't know I had jealousy in my heart. I didn't know I had these things. And I get around someone who's like really walking in this. I'm like, wow, I, like your books and things, you know, and I was struggling with my books. And all the things, by the way, all those things that I was struggling with previously, ever since those moments and, and where I've watched you and then received from the Lord from you, it's brought healing now so that this season of my life right now in 2018, I'm able to step in and be who I am. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so amazing to hear. And <laughs> you, I love it. You bring that to people and you bring it to the world and, and, and it's, it's just packaged in such a way that's so normal. I love your language, the way you can just speak it, you know, and we could just cut through all this, uh, you know, a lot of the religious and uh, theological things that were, I call them ticks, theological ticks, where they yeah. you know, were kind of thrown off on things. And, <laughs> yeah, totally. So wild. Yeah. So is there anything that you feel like uh, that you want to release right now? Well, just to the people, I love what you do daily, especially giving a daily prophetic word. And I just think you're helping to define God in our day, you know, like where people have an anticipation that he he speaks and that we should include him and in, in anticipate him in our day. And I, for me personally, like when you started releasing, I was like, That's so brilliant. I love that because it, it causes us who are listening to go and, and reading to go, okay, what do you want to say to me now? God, thank you for what you just spoke through Doug. And that applies to me. But what do you want to say to me? Like it gives people an opportunity to listen. What I would say is that I feel like in some of the small ways, God's more quiet than ever. Meaning like, you know, you had mentioned earlier, used to prophesy everybody twice. You know, a lot of the small ways, God's quieter, but in a lot of the biggest ways, God is available and wants to encounter us. And I just want to put anticipation to the listeners that uh, for me, I'm pretty normal. I wasn't born under any special sign or star or whatever. I wasn't, I wasn't um, ordained a prophet at two. You know, yeah. I don't have a background. I just pursued hearing God's voice and connecting to him. And so I want to encourage the listeners, like, like it's an attainable goal to hear God in powerful ways. And he wants to speak to you as powerfully as you want to listen. So, so want to listen in a powerful way. Like, re-gear yourself to listen in a, in a more substantial way. And what that looks like is a listening prayer. Like, I, I went from my devotional times of, like, crying out to God and telling him what I needed and wanted to actually saying, what do you want? What do you need? Like, what's in your heart right now? And just change the format of how I prayed. And it's, it's frustrating at first, but I just feel like, God, I, I'm telling you, it's not just a general statement. 2018, something is available in God's heart that he destined for this time. And a lot of it involves with us encountering him in a way that gives us the faith and the courage and the identity to believe for the greater things that he's called the world to right now. And so, yeah, so I just feel like, you know, this is that season, like, let's believe right now. Yeah, it really is. I feel that as well. Well, there's a strong anointing. It just kind of blew in like a wind. And I just want you to release that over. It's a prayer of activation over everyone. Yeah, Jesus, thank you so much for everyone who's listening. I thank you so much for Doug and, and his whole ministry. And God, we pray that you would speak. Lord, anything that Doug and I have in part to everyone who's listening. Lord, anything that we have on our lives, any faith that we have, any childlikeness, any prophetic gifts or abilities, Lord, just a part to everyone listening. God, thank you that you're the God who multiplies. You don't take away and you don't make small. You don't minimize. You don't isolate. You actually make everything bigger, grander, 
multiply it more beautiful, spread it out, that you're, you're God who's contagious. And I pray that as everyone's listening, that they would have anticipation to hear you in a way they've never heard you before. And God, I'm, I'm expecting that for me and Doug, that we're going to hear you in ways in 2018 that not only have we never heard you before, but they'll bring a different result than we've ever had before in our lives. Thank you that that when you speak and when you bring relationship, it's like when Job said, I long for the days when his intimate friendship was like a light on my path and shone upon me. God, we pray that your intimate friendship would come and speak to us and it would create light around us to where we have more of a plan, more of a blueprint, more of an understanding, and more of an awareness of what you want to do, but also that the world around us would see that as well. And it would open doors that no other man could have opened for us except for your divine favor. And we just release that faith. We release that connection now, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Uh, just feeling really full. Every time I get around you, I feel I feel encouraged oh. and full and full of faith and full of, you know, we can do this. We can really do this. And there's such an that. activation anointing on you. So why don't you share with us about how to get a hold of you, anything that you have that might help? Okay. Yeah, we have a our Exploring the Prophetic podcast. So I'd love uh, you guys to come listen to that. Doug will be on it soon. <laughs> we have an Exploring the Prophetic devotional that came alongside of it, and it's just a 90-day challenge to activate yourself in hearing God's voice. And we go through some of the materials I have from some of my popular books, like Translating God and God's Secrets. My favorite thing that we have that uh, is for kids from 7 to 12 years old, it's called Growing Up With God. It's a curriculum. It's great for homeschools or, or churches. It's also great for individual home use. And we have a, a novel, a coloring book, a workbook that is for kids, and then also a teacher's guide that's for parents or, or teachers. And uh, so these are some of the materials we have, but we just want to empower and activate people. So we have empowering, activating materials. Now, here's a man who has children, I see. <laughs> I do. I great. love kids. Uh, how many kids <laughs> do you have? What's their ages? We, we just have two. We have a, a, a three-year-old and a four, almost five-year-old. But I've done foster care for years and years and years. So I, I had a foundation and, and kids, you know. And so now now we have our own little ones. This is really fun. I love this, Sean, that the fact that you, like your book, Translate God, you're translating it into children. You're translating it into us. You're in the Hollywood scene, behind the scenes. You're in the CEO boardroom. And, and like you said, even down on the street and in Skid Row, no matter where you go, the God is there and, and people need oh, it. Oh, yeah. I so love, I love that, that about you guys. Wow. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for letting me be on the podcast. Yeah. Now, it, do you, your website or? Um... Oh, it's Bowles Ministries. Bowles is a funny name. So it's B as in boy, O-L-Z as in zebra, ministries.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And our Facebook, our public Facebook, we release a lot of media. And we even model, because right now we're really helping people to understand words of knowledge. And so we model a lot. I, I sent out videos of when I prophesied over people, so we would have a, a model of how to do it. We only do that to show that it's available. It's there. You can do it, too. And so we get uh, lots of people. I mean, we have thousands of pe- churches have gone through our Translating God and God Secrets curriculum, and people are like, we get the best reports. Like, my email box is filled with the best reports all the time. Wow, that's so good. All right. Hey, everybody. It's been a great time. Check out Sean and his ministry online, and look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks so much, Sean. Bless you, Doug. Thank you. Bless you, everybody. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.